Hey, Howard Jacobson here. Welcome to today's Plant Yourself podcast. A quick reminder, this podcast is free for everyone and supported by patrons. So if you would like to find out about becoming a patron of the show and helping us out, helping defray the cost, helping to spread the message, you can do so at plantyourself.com slash gift. Thanks so much and enjoy today's episode. Hey, everybody, Howard Jacobson here with a special COVID-19 daily edition of the Plant Yourself podcast here in uh, lockdown and day, day three of the lockdown in South Africa. I just finished a Facebook Live with a friend of Plant Yourself and friend of mine, Kathy Hester, the uh, cookbook author and recipe creator and friend extraordinaire, and just waiting for it to uh, upload. We were talking about you know what we're what each of us is doing she she um is in lockdown in in her house with her family and we are in lockdown in different circumstances we've got lots of land to roam about and beautiful vistas and monkeys and uh so i think i saw some wildebeest today um but very little food so like for me like lunch dinner dinner whatever it was was uh basmati rice and some uh, canned butter beans um, and that's being that's me be eating pretty healthy, actually. And Kathy's there, you know, sort of like locked in the house, but with plenty of food, good food, nutritional yeast, and lots of beans and things like that. And it was weird because you know we're we're friends, we hang out a lot, and we live about thirty thirty five minutes apart. And here we were so far apart. And Kathy was saying, "Boy, I wish I could just send you some of the food we've got here," and. The truth is, if we were 30 minutes apart, we'd still be pretty far apart right now. It's it's surreal. So I just went to check if that Facebook Live was up on Facebook, on my own profile page, and I saw the uh, cover photo is me and my wife Mia and Josh Lajani and Corin Sutton, and we're all like, you know, hugging in a row and mugging for the camera at a veg fest. And like, my gosh, if we did that today, you know... The, the authorities would be down on us for, for um, you know, social lack of distancing. And so I've been thinking today about the idea of what we can and what we can't control. And control is a really interesting word because it's just there's so many people, like, this is all out of their control. Like, people thought they had their lives figured out. People thought, you know, I've got my career, I've got savings, I kind of know how things are going to go. You know, there might be some uncertainty about elections, but even even that, even the the existential terror that is another four years of our president, still feels like still felt like, well, the world will sort of go on. And now this feels much more cataclysmic to a lot of us. They're like, oh, maybe the world isn't going to go on the way we thought it was. Maybe everything's changed. Maybe my retirement that I thought was there isn't. Maybe the career that I thought I had is simply not coming back. Like, I don't know if people are going to want to pay for health coaching and pay for retreats and and pay for uh, online courses on, you know, dealing with chronic disease. Of course they should, right? Because, you know, being chronically ill along with being elderly, are the two biggest risk factors for serious complications or death from COVID-19. So logically, everybody should be working on improving their diet. But in fact, 
you know, people aren't. We're seeing everybody on Facebook and very few people on Wellstar Health right now, even though they're in the program, even though it's a social program. Uh, you know, pe- people are not looking, I, by and large, to take control over their health. Uh, you know, in a world in which so much illusion of control has been taken away from us, people are grasping for the control that's right in front of their nose. Like, oh, I'm going to, you know, eat this. I'm going to watch that. And it's a form of self-soothing, but it's also a medicine. It's also saying, well, here's my autonomy. I can watch this instead of that. I can eat this instead of that. And I understand where that where that comes from. But I was reading a piece last night by Charles Eisenstein, which I recommend to everyone who still thinks you have an open mind. It's at charleseisenstein.net. It's probably easy to find. It's a 9,000-word essay that he's been working on for a couple of weeks on COVID-19 and what it means. And he also talks a lot about control. And one of the themes of his writing and thinking and talking over the past 10 years has been that our society is based on the idea of control. It's based on a myth that science will save us, that the more we know and the more technology we have, we'll be able to you know, eradicate all disease through gene therapy, that, um, that our banking system, once we have enough computers looking at everything, we'll be able to, to manage the economy without ever having recession, um, that all of the data that we get from our smartphones on movements and on you know, basically a surveillance state is going to keep us safe from crime and predation, right? I mean, look at, you know, the the explosion of people buying things like Nest and and Google Home, um, you know, video doorbells. Um, And he points out, you know, the, uh, the paradox there is that the more control we exert, the less safe we feel. You know, we've, we've eradicated, we're eradicating disease and yet our life expectancy is dropping. Um, you know, we have all these security devices in our home, and yet we're more scared than ever. He says, like, government loves something like COVID-19 because it gets to use these old tools. It's like, you know, government swinging a hammer, and nothing looks like a nail anymore. You know, ob- obesity doesn't look like a nail. Poverty, injustice, climate change, none of these are nails. None of these can a government say, okay, we're going to go do something about it because they don't know what to do. But COVID-19, ah, that's a nail. Let's keep people in their homes. Let's set up rules and regulations. Let's bring out the police and the military, as has happened here in South Africa. And let's use all the mechanisms of the state. We're going to track people on their cell phones. You know, Google can now tell you which states are obeying the social distancing the best by looking at our individual cell phone data and seeing how close we are to other people. And so at the same time, as we are feeling completely out of control as individuals, the state is exerting this control, and it's the same illusion as we had. All right? Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to work to some extent for this issue. But Charles Eisenstein points out that this is like COVID-19, as bad as it is, is not within the same order of magnitude of the number of infant deaths from malnutrition around the world or the number of suicides around the world or the things that are going to happen when climate change really manifests 
and entire populations are going to starve or have to move or both, that, that these other problems are not control problems. They are problems that have to be solved in a different way than coercion, force, imposition of the human will on the natural world. And even he points out the things we're doing to protect ourselves from the coronavirus, like this constant uh, hand-washing and using alcohols and, and, and disinfectants. Of course, we're also killing lots of other things, lots of other bacteria and viruses. We're, dis- we're damaging our microbiome, the things that keep us healthy even when we encounter other stuff. So it's all, it's all very complicated, is it not? So as individuals, what are we to make of a world in which we're clinging to shreds of individual control while the state exerts more and more authoritarian slash totalitarian control, which might continue well after the disease has peaked. I mean, look at what happened after 9-11. We still have the Patriot Act. We still have all these restrictions. All the things that were put into place as emergency measures became normalized. So is this, you know, are we going to have a normalized society in which we don't get to hug each other, in which everything is virtual, in which gra- gatherings of 100 people or more are forbidden? Sounds, you know, totalitarian to me. Of course, this is a podcast about personal health and responsibility, not about giant political issues. But I wanted to frame the personal within the the social and cultural and political, uh, because that's that's the the world in which all of us are operating now. You know, if any of us felt well, I don't pay attention to politics. You know, well, that's a luxury that you can afford as long as politics doesn't pay attention to you. Um, but now we're we're all in it. We're all feeling the leading edge of a control state, um, and it may be for good. It may be exactly what we need to do for COVID nineteen, and it's going to have unintended consequences and side effects. So where can we go once our illusion of control has been smashed? What is left for us? Is there anything that we have internally? Any? inner strengths that can do what control could never do. I think one of them is being mindful in the moment. Because when we feel like we have control, we often take our eye off the ball. We think everything's fine. Right? We thought we had control over coronaviruses because we handled SARS and we never updated, you know, our our uh, stock of masks and ventilators and respirators, um, you know, for, for another emergency because we thought we were in control. We weren't paying attention to what was actually going on, and we ended up in the U.S. two months behind. Um, mindfulness on an individual level means that what we can control is our own actions in the moment. We can't control our thoughts, right? They just, they happen. We don't choose them. They, they land on us like rain. And so to feel bad about your thoughts or to feel proud about your thoughts is uh, completely irrelevant. We can, we can decide how to respond to those thoughts and we can build resiliency and we can build skills when the thought comes up that would make us unkind to someone we're sharing quarantine with. 
or would make us despair as opposed to take an optimistic action that would make us selfish as opposed to serving others. We can, when we are mindful, we can notice the thought and we can breathe through it using all of the stress-proofing, stress-busting techniques that I have been teaching for a long time. And you know, if you don't know what they are, the basic one is simply conscious breath. And you can't practice conscious breath when you're stressed. That's not the time. You don't practice shooting a layup with four seconds left in the championship game. You practice the layup when you are by yourself on the court with nobody there, and you do it a thousand times, 10,000 times, 100,000 times. So then when you're scrimmaging, you can do it under some pressure. Then in the big game, you can do it under more pressure. Now is the time to start practicing conscious, deep breathing where the exhale is longer than the inhale. And start practicing that just three times a day for three minutes at a time. And just notice where your thoughts go. Notice what happens in your body and get used to it and learn to tolerate those sensations. Then start thinking slightly stressful thoughts and then practice the breathing. Start at a one out of 10. Then go to a two out of 10 and a three out of 10 and keep practicing until your muscle memory, until your new default is stressful thought, relaxing breath. That's an element of control. The breath is an element of control that is exquisitely ours. It's so beautiful because we can breathe our entire lives without ever exerting conscious control. When you are asleep or knocked out, your body just breathes. It doesn't need your brain. It doesn't need your neocortex, your your big executive function to decide, okay, inhale now, hold it, hold it, exhale, okay. Right? If we had to think about it, we couldn't do anything else. And we get to bring the breath under our intentional control, what Daniel Kahneman calls our system two, our deliberative slow system. And if we do it enough and we practice it with, with grace and with precision through mindfulness, then it gets to the point where that, that breath pattern, that relaxation, that de-stressing goes from system two to system one. It becomes autonomic. It becomes automatic. Get stressed, deep breathe. Now, that's a level of control that cannot be taken away from us. It's um, you know, the, the great psychologist Viktor Frankl, who was a, a survivor of um, the camps, the Auschwitz and the Holocaust, um, said, and I'll, I'll, I'll paraphrase, I, I don't have his book or <laughs> any book here. Um, he said, between the stimulus and response... Um, lies our choice, or something like that. There's a pause, and in that pause lies our choice, lies our freedom. So if you want control in your life, this is the place to get it, to when your thoughts, whether it's your internal thoughts or a thought based on what somebody else said to you or something you saw on TV or read in the newspaper or saw online, that a thought that could lead you to an unhelpful action, to unhelpful words, to an unhelpful physiological response, there's our control. To notice it, to be mindful, and, and to be mindful in the moment means to be mindful before the moment. It means you got to practice that. It's not, for almost any of us, something that is graced. It's, it's something we earn. It's not something that's bestowed upon us. We all have been bestowed, if you want, you know, we've all been graced with the ability to control our nervous system through breath, 
through awareness. But we got to practice it. We got to use it. So I'm going to leave it there for now. I hope this has been useful. Say one more thing, which is um, I want to let you know about my tip jar. It's at plantyourself.com slash gift, G-I-F-T. And I'm bringing it up now because, as I said, we are uh, in lockdown on South Africa. We were supposed to go home in three days, and we're not gonna because nobody's flying. The South African government won't even let us, you know, leave this compound, let alone drive to an airport where, let alone, there's no workers, where there's no planes coming in or going out. So we're going to be here for quite a while. And we're staying at a, a nice place, but it's not cheap. And we're paying for everything back at home, you know, and... So if you want to support the show and you want to support me at at this time, um, the tip jar is open and you can make a one-time uh, payment via PayPal or you can become a sponsor uh, on a, a patron on a monthly ongoing basis at Patreon. And you can just do that for this month or next month, however long we're here. That would help. Um, you know, these these podcasts are my way of giving to the community, of serving, of frankly not going batshit crazy myself. Um, it's, it's hard for me to do a lot of coaching from here. I can do some. So if you're interested, you can drop me a line, hj at plantyourself.com. And we, if you're on WhatsApp, that it, then it becomes actually quite easy, which is an app that you can get for a smartphone. Um, but if you find this valuable and you want to throw me, you know, five, 10 bucks to help subsidize this accidental elongated vacation, that would be much appreciated. If you don't have it, if you're pinching because life is uh, challenging for you too financially, totally get it. Do not feel guilty about that in the least. But if you have something extra and you'd like to, uh, help a podcaster out, here we are, plantyourself.com slash gift. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for staying in touch. Please comment. Please leave uh, comments on the, either the Facebook post at, at facebook.com slash plantyourself or um, when I upload this to plantyourself.com, there's a place for comments or, or on Instagram at AskHowie. Um, this is much more rewarding for me if it's a two-way street and I would love to hear your thoughts you might disagree with a whole bunch of stuff I said today that's cool too uh, let's talk about it so thanks for listening I'll see you again tomorrow as always be well my friends all right time for thanks thanks to Will Ridenauer for allowing me to use his beautiful song Sabali Don the Dance of Peace you can find more of Will's music at his website willridenauer.com and of course thanks to all of you Plant Yourself podcast patrons Kim Harrison, Lynn McClellan, Anthony Disson, Brittany Porter, Dominic Maurer, Barbara Whitney, Tammy Black, Amy Good, Amanda Hatherley, Mary Jane Wheeler, Ellen Kennelly, Mr. Cobb, Rachel Behrens, Christine Nielsen, Tina Sharp, Tina Ahern, Jennifer Polkinowski, David Bizek, The Mysterious, Michelle X. Elspeth Feldman, Leah Stoller, Alan Christensen, Colleen Peck, Michelle Landry, Josina, Sarah Durkis, Rhymes of Circus, Kelly Cameron, Wayne Pedersen, Janet Selby, Janet Selby, Janet Selby, hi Janet, Claire Adams, Tom Franzak, Jeanette Benham, Gil Lassert, David Donahue, Blair Cyber, Dorona Vizov, Gio and Carl Carolyn Argentati, Jody Friesen, Ruth Ann Funderburg, Misha Rosen, Michael Warbeck, The Equally Mysterious, Tracy Z, Aviva Lael, Alicia Lemus, Rebecca Hughes, Val Lineman, Rhymes with Cinnamon, Nick Harper, Martha Bergner, Susan Ahmad, Nolly Levine, The Inscrutable Harry R., Susan Laverty, The Panda Vegan, Craig Kovic, Adam Sharp, Karen Burry, Heather Morgan, Kelly Machia, Dean Norton, Bonnie Lynch, Plant Happy Oregon, Sabina Kurtzels, Nigel Davies, Marion Blum, Teresa Cobble, Julian Rodkins, Breed O'Connell. 
Shannon Hirschman, Linda Ayat, Holm Hedegaard, Isa Tuzinwa, Connie Hainline, Aaron Greer, Alicia Davis, Heather O'Connor, Carolyn Jensen, Sherry Olakoski of Plant Power for Health, Karen Smith, Scott Mirani, Karen Joe Crabtree, Tanya Lewis, Kirby Burton, Teresa Carell, Kevin McCauley, Elizabeth Rothschild, Dan Jesse, Cheryl Dwyer, Jenny Hazelton, Valerie Peltier, Peter W. Evans, Colleen Harrison, Justin Divich, Ashra Summermeyer, Dennis Bird, Darby Kelly, Lori Fanny, Linnea Lundquist, Valerie Hummel, Emily Iaconelli, Levy Wallach, Rosalind McAtee, Dan Bacorny, Stephen Lehman, Patty DiMartino, Mike and Donna Karts, Dean Bishop, Bill Brielf, Gunter Schmidt, Marjorie Lewis, Kelly Molden, Rashad Adams, Ian Kramer, Nancy Sheldon, Lindsay Bayshore, Gunmarie Hagen, Tracy Gullich, Laura Heaton, Meg from Mama Says, Rochelle Kennedy, Diana Goldman, Stacey Stokes, Ben Savage, Michael Kay, Holly Butler, David Hughes, Connie Rogers, Claire England, Sally Robertson, Parham Ganshik, Amy Daly, Brian Tourville, Mark Jeffrey Johnson, Josie Dempsey, Karen Schmidt, Pamela Hayden, Emily Perryman, Olga Sidorowska, Allison Corbett, Richard Stone, Lauren Vaught of Edible Musings, Aaron Hasty, Sean Owen, Sagar Nayak, Erica Piedra, Danielle Roberts, and Michael Lushton for your generous support of the podcast. That's it for now. As always, be well, my friends.